Welcome to Museums in Strange Places. I'm your host, Hannah Heflin, and this is a podcast for people who love museums, stories, culture, and exploring the world. This year, I'm living in Iceland, so in each episode, I visit a different Icelandic museum to discover what stories they hold and how they reflect and shape Iceland's unique cultural identity. The museum is uh, is carved in uh, their minds. Nearly every day we get two, three phone calls, people phoning us, letting us know they have uh, interesting items. I set out for Akranes on a dim winter morning, just as the sun was coming up. This coastal town of about 7,000 is pretty close to Reykjavik as the crow flies, but for the rest of us, it's separated from the capital by a long, deep fjord called Kvalfjörður. In the past, you had to drive all the way around the fjord or take the ferry across it to get to Akranes. But in 1998, a tunnel was opened beneath the mouth of the fjord. At five and a half kilometers long, that's three and a half miles, it's one of the world's longest underwater tunnel roads. Now, Akranes is only about a 40-minute drive from Reykjavik. It's a growing city that is expected to become much larger in the coming years. The Akranes Folk Museum has been around for almost 60 years and is beginning a large project to revamp their exhibits to better serve the new residents of the area. Icelanders visiting from the greater Reykjavik area, and increasing numbers of foreign visitors. I sat down with the museum's director, Jón Allensen, to discuss the town's unique history and their surprising connection to the current U.S. president. The staff were setting up the cafe and preparing to open the museum while we spoke, so you'll hear them at work now and then throughout the interview. My name is uh, Jón Allensen, and uh, I'm uh, the curator here for uh, Akronis Museum. The museum uh, was founded in uh, 1959. It was purely folk museum at first, but today we have uh, lots of other interesting stuff like uh, minerals, sports, and and so on. So it has changed rapidly since 1959, and it's getting bigger and bigger. We covered the history of Akronis and uh, the surrounding area from uh, the beginning of uh, 
settlement of the area from the late 9th century. The, the biggest part is about fishery uh, and agriculture and sports because uh, sport is uh, most important here uh, in, in Akron is, is, uh, is sport. This is a sport town. It was a sport town and uh, we are uh, trying to uh, create a lot of, uh, around sport because uh, it, it is a football town and uh, swimming town, golf town, and uh, lots of other sports. We are showing the, the history of, of the town because uh, we, have a, we think we have a very unique history here because uh, this part of Iceland, uh, Akronis, and the surrounding area was settled by the Celts, not by the Norse. Or the Vikings, if you if you can say that, and uh, we had a com uh, Celtic community here, and we are uh, researching that history, and we will say and show it, hopefully in 2019, in other way. So speaking of the Celtic heritage, I think I'm making the right connection here, but I hear you have a panel in your museum that talks about Donald Trump. What's that about? Like I said, the, the Celtic relation is, is very, very huge. And uh, most of the Celts who came here came from the Hebrides. And uh, the mother of uh, Donald Trump, she comes from a place called Louis in the Hebrides. And uh, most of the settlers who came here was originated from the Hebrides. So probably uh, <laughs> we have an ancestors here connecting with uh, Trump. Well, that's not something I expected to find out in a museum in Iceland, but that's a great tidbit. You said there's lots of interesting things here. What's one thing that people find really interesting or that locals are very proud of? Uh, there is a big ship here outside. Its name is uh, Sigufari. It's a fishing ship. It's the only preserved cutter or schooner here in Iceland built in England 1885. We haven't decided what to do with it, but uh, we are very proud of the, of the ship, but uh, it costs lots of money. And uh, like I said, we haven't decided what to do with it. I saw on your website that you've recently built a new boathouse here on the museum grounds. Would you tell me about that project? We are building uh, a new boathouse. We are not finished it. Probably it will be finished uh, next year. We have uh, lots of small boats which will have to be preserved and uh, we cannot keep them outside. They are big boats and uh, we took uh, the decision to uh, build a boathouse to preserve the boats and uh, when we are finished with the house then we will build up the boats inside and that will be one of our exhibition to show uh, the old type of building boats. You're building the boathouse in a, in a traditional style, right? We are uh, building it in a very traditional style. It hasn't been uh, built, uh, a building like that, uh, probably in 100, uh, 150 years. So it was a yeah, little bit of a problem because the... The engineer uh, and the architect 
had uh, got that uh, house before, so we had a little bit problem, but uh, now we are nearly finished with the house. So the the building itself is is going to be an attraction as well. I'm excited to come back and see it when it's done. The museum deals a lot with stories of people from from Akranes in the area. Do you think that gives the museum a special appeal to locals? Do you get a lot of tourists here? What's the kind of the division between tourists and locals and who visits the museum? Before the tunnel came in 1998, uh, most of the uh, uh, visitors was tourists. About uh, 60% of uh, people who came to the museum was uh, was tourists. Came with uh, the ferry from from Reykjavik. But when the tunnel came, it changed. And uh, now it's about 60-70% uh, of uh, the people who come to visit the museum are locals uh, or Icelanders. And 30-40% uh, tourists. I would assume that's kind of against the trend at, at other museums in Iceland and especially around the Reykjavik area. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little bit special, but uh, we, we are not on the uh, number one route here. And uh, from the tunnel to Akronis is about 10 minutes drive. And uh, that's the problem. And uh, we are uh, trying to get the museum more interesting and we are, for example, now in 2019, celebrating 60 years anniversary of the museum, and we will change every exhibitions here and open it in 2019, and hopefully it will be a success. That sounds like an ambitious project. Do you think being... Um, visited mostly by Icelanders, you have a unique opportunity to kind of focus on the local needs as opposed to um, some museums that are now kind of maybe even swamped with tourists who have to kind of adjust their their exhibits accordingly and, and can't devote as much time to the locals? Or do you find that's not, not an issue? We are trying to uh, get both uh, locals and and tourists. For example, now... The museum uh, exhibition is, can say, mostly uh, for the Icelanders. Uh, most of uh, the display is on uh, on Icelandic, not so much in uh, foreign language. But when we will open the n- uh, new exhibition, uh, everything will be changed, and uh, we will try to get uh, lots of foreign tourists to visit us, and uh, we will do it in a new way. We have a lot of interesting stuff because uh, we have uh, around 2,000 quadrat meters uh, in display. It's a lot of uh, space we have. There'll be lots of work to do, both in the, the houses and in the uh, area outside the museum. We will use that a lot. Okay, so it's a good thing I came by to do this interview now. If I had come a year later, you'd be way too busy to talk to me. Yes, yes, <laughs> surely. Do you think people in Akranes have a good understanding of their, their own history as, as Icelanders and as people from Akranes? Yes, I think so. And uh, the museum is, uh, is carved in uh, their minds. Nearly every day we get two, three phone calls. People 
phoning us, letting us know they have uh, interesting items. Uh, if the museum would like to have it, then we go and check it out. And I think uh, people are very, very interesting in, in the museum, but uh, maybe not all, because history is not for everybody. But uh, most of the people are very interesting in, in the history and the museum. This is an uh, exhibition about the Celtic uh, heritage in uh, the west of Iceland. We are uh, researching a uh, lot more. We went to uh, Northern Ireland for small research and we will do a little bit more uh, next year. We go to Northern Ireland again, to the Irish Republic in uh, Dublin uh, and Northern Ireland and Belfast and surrounding there. We're trying to get uh, connection with museums there who are researching that kind of history about the Celtic relation with other parts of uh, uh, European countries. This uh, exhibition says a little bit about why the Celts came here to Iceland and uh, in which part of uh, Iceland they settled down. Most of the Celts came to this part and nearby Reykjavik and a little bit in the, the Westland and the Westfjords and a little bit of surrounding uh, Akureyri and the north. So it's a few parts which uh, most of the Celts came to. Here is a little bit interesting because uh, many of the, the, uh, the Icelandic Place names here in uh, in Akranes and surrounding are uh, Gaelic or uh, from the Celtic time, like uh, the place Akranes. You can find it in uh, the Hebridge also, huh. like here. That is so interesting. I had I had no idea about any of this. Uh, here is Akranes, mm -hmm. yeah, and on the map here, this is the map of Louis in Hebridge, where the mother of uh, <laughs> Donald Trump comes from. She comes from Louis, and here you can see the names. Here is Akronis in the Hebridge. There's Akronis, here's Garda, here's Garda. This is all all the names here. Wow. You can find it here. I mean, if so I wasn't looking at the top, I would think that was just somewhere in Iceland. Those all look like yeah. the, the same names. Laxau, Laxau, Esju, Esju uh, the mountain. Yeah, yeah. The nearby Reykjavik. Oh. You can find the names in the Habridge. Is it coincident or is it? <laughs> Seems a bit too close to be coincidence. Yeah. Weak, cross, uh, Holmur, et Tunka. You can find it. Tunka is here. Tunka is here. And from that place, the mother of uh, Donald Trump, she comes from this place. She Tunga. comes from a place with an Icelandic name, basically. Yeah. Well, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and this might be the most interesting fact I find out in this whole podcast. Yes. There we go, Donald Trump. <laughs> yes, yes. And yeah. the, the Tunga farm, I've actually got a picture of the farm. Yeah, the Tunga farm, uh, the farm Tunga in Lewis, where uh, mother, uh, Marianne uh, McLeod, comes from. When she, uh, when she came to uh, the States, she didn't speak any, any English. She only speak Gaelic. Like he said, her ancestors was Ljot, whose bloodline continued with his two sons, Torkil 
and Thormod MacLeod. He comes from this, uh, the MacLeod, yeah, the MacLeod is, uh, a, yeah, it's a clan. There is another thing oh, yeah. here. The women are Celtic, men are Norse. The uh, decode genetic uh, has a research about women and uh, men were originated from the Celts or from the Norse. Their research says that around 63% of the female settlers in Iceland came from uh, the British Isles or the Celts. And 37% come from Norway or other Scandinavian countries. While 80% of the male settlers came from Scandinavia and only 20% from the British Isles. Why is that? How does that uh, disparity come about? Because uh, when the Vikings went uh, in Viking to Ireland or the British Isles, they took lots of slaves, mostly women. And uh, that's why the, uh, they have mixed with uh, the native who were. And uh, that's why so huge percent of the female are uh, originated from uh, cats. After touring some highlights of the indoor exhibits, Jon and I headed outside to admire the cutter and historic buildings on the property. Fair warning, there was quite a bit of wind that morning, so the recording is a little bumpy here and there. But I think it adds something Icelandic to the eliciting experience. Okay, we will go uh, outside uh, and uh, maybe a few, min- yep. few minutes. Yep. Uh, uh, we were talking about the uh, schooner, the, the ship, the big ship, uh, which is the only preserved uh, schooner here in, in, in Iceland, uh, Sigurfari. And uh, it was very important because uh, uh, when ship like this came to Iceland, uh, most of the cities or towns begin to build up around around the shore. Before that we had only small boats and suddenly we had big boats, could fish, lots of fish and uh, we got wealthy. That's because of this, not because of uh, uh, big industry, it was because of uh, the big ships. It's, it's a beautiful boat, just kind of as you come into the, the museum on car, there it is, standing against the horizon with the mountains in the background. It's quite lovely. Is that, um, is that the, new, the new boathouse there? This is the new boathouse, and uh, uh, we can put uh, six boats there inside, but uh, at first we will uh, have uh, four boats, and uh, probably get uh, one or two more to put in, but uh, we will have... Uh, uh, various exhibitions there uh, about uh, the uh, the history of uh, of fishery here in in, in Akranes. And what what are those beautiful black buildings? They're just these kind of wood buildings. I'm going to describe them wood buildings. One maybe looks like a drying shed with um, slats in it, and they're just this beautiful, rich black, the top and bottom. Yeah, uh, the one with the the chimney is uh, a smithy. Uh, and uh, in the middle uh, is a drying shed to dry fish and uh, the one with the turf roof is to dry a uh, shark and on the right we have a boat house uh, with, we have two small boats there inside it's uh, mostly from uh, late uh, 19th century 
the yellow house here outside the cemetery. This house was built in 1876, and uh, that's the oldest preserved uh, concrete house in Iceland. The first concrete house which was built here in Iceland, and uh, it was built as a priest house because uh, here was a church. That's that's very early for a concrete house, right? Yeah. The man who, who built it, he was a priest. He got the idea from England, and no one knew how to build concrete house, so, so he got a carpenter who read a little bit about how to build it, and uh, he made it in 1876. Wow, and it's, and it's beautiful too. It's still, it's a nice little house. It looks like it's in great condition. Yeah, it's a, it's a very great condition. And uh, the museum, uh, when it was uh, founded in 1959, it was at first uh, in this house. And uh, in it's, a, it's a very little house, I should say. Little house, yeah. We have many, many, many items, and uh, we had to get uh, big stores to to keep the other thing we we could display. That's why the uh, this house was built in uh, 1974. Awesome! This is so pretty down here. Yeah, we have uh, uh, interesting uh, area. And uh, we have great view about, uh, around the, the, uh, the mountain. Thanks for joining me on this adventure as I explore Iceland's many museums and get to know the fascinating people who run them. Music in this episode is by the Icelandic musician Snorri Helgeson. You can see photos of the Akranes Folk Museum and learn more about the region's history at my website, hethman.com. That's H-H-E-T-H-M-O-N.com. If you liked this episode, please take a minute to review the podcast on iTunes or send me a tweet at Hannah underscore R-F-H. Reviews and social media shares help people with great taste like you discover the Museums and Strange Places podcast. Tell, tell.